0: Uh, now you, you may see, um, currently, we have a heat wave in London, and my room is currently infested with like seven flies, which I don't know where they came from, but uh, they are in now. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's going in the bloopers, I suppose. Um,
1: but-
0: Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Indie Diarist podcast. This is Anthony L. Wolf, your loyal Indie Diarist, writer, narrative designer, senior content manager, everything you guys already know. I won't steal too much time from you, I just want you to know that by the time this episode goes live, the Kickstarter campaign for Crystalla, the game by Astro Clock Tower Studios, the guests of this episode will be live, or at least will be getting ready to go live. So, make sure to follow Astro Clock Tower Studios on Twitter, Head over to their Kickstarter page and please show them some support. Now on to the episode. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Indie Diris podcast. Today with you is your usual and loyal Indie Diarist, Anthony L. Wolf. And today with me are actually three... Very special guest from the indie game dev community, and there are three developers from the same studio, which is Astro Clock Tower Studio. And uh, yeah, you will tell me a little bit about the story behind that name. I think I remember uh, where it comes from. But please uh, feel free to um, tell me a little bit about yourselves um, individually. I guess we'll start with Sarah.
2: Sure, yeah, we can do that. Um, so I am Sarah. I'm one of the owners of Astral Clock Tower Studios. And um, as much as I'd like to be, I am not a developer. I'm actually our marketing director. Um, so I handle everything related to the Astro Clock Tower Studios and Cristalla brands, from marketing and community management to running Patreon, setting things up for our upcoming Kickstarter, um, all that fun
1: stuff. Uh, and I'm Allie. I'm our... Uh are one of the owners, obviously, like all three of us are owners. Uh, And uh, I'm also our producer and business manager. And um, I used to be more of a dev than I am now. Now I just direct the devs. (laughs) Okay. And I am (laughs) Tiffany,
3: Um, one of the owners, obviously. And uh, I do level design, too, as well.
0: Right, okay. Yeah, so um, it's it's a really... um, Nice studio that you got there. I can see there's I can see there's uh structure and you've got layers and such. So how how big is the studio actually? How how many people are you?
1: We have thirty two devs right now, including ourselves.
0: Nice, yeah, that's uh nice and packed studio. Must be must be <laughs> really nice to work with so many people. I guess I think yeah, awesome. most of the most of the people that come to this podcast I think they are either solo devs or they have a very small team of maybe 15 people, so already you're doubling that, which is uh, (laughs) really really interesting. So, um, I'd like to start these episodes with a little icebreaker, um, which is, uh, what's one game that you think everybody should play at least once? And we can go for one each, so um, feel free to to jump in.
1: Uh, Well, I'm just gonna go with the obvious and say Bloodborne. Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say you—you you had asked about our studio name, Allie, You should—we you, should—we an- didn't like actually um, answer that. You should. T- you should well, yeah, Bloodborne that. is one of
1: my favorite games. Uh, I, I, I like a lot of the FromSoft games, but I, I particularly like Bloodborne. It's one of the things that uh, it's one of the games that inspired me to become a game dev. I was a software developer before I did this, um, and uh, my favorite boss fight in Bloodborne is uh, Lady Maria of the Astral Clock Tower. Mm-hmm. Now you can spam her, but if you don't spam her, her fight's really good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Uh, so that's one of the most where, that's why boss we fights there. Yeah, it's really <laughs> she's really fast and she's got really cool move set and I just I just think she's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we we had a few names that we were bouncing around in the beginning, but then we ended up landing on that one. That one stuck. Yeah.
0: So I suppose all of three all three of you are uh big Bloodborne fans and uh and software fans. Uh, okay. it, it's It's mostly mean, ali. Ali Definitely is okay. Yeah.
2: Yes, we don't yeah. dislike those games. I just I haven't played a ton of them, but obviously same. knowing same. ali and yeah, and working with the studio, I really have come to love just the formula behind like studying the combat and and right. you know when you approach a new enemy
3: or boss and there's like a strategy mm-hmm. behind that. So I really really respect that yeah, about those same. games. Same. I love figuring out the strategies of the boss fights and then still dying like four million times because i'm not very good <laughs> at soul but they're fun <laughs> so there are guess, a lot of
1: devs on our team that do love these games. Just- yes. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. We got <laughs> we got you three here today, but yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, Tiffany, you're doing level design uh, anyway, so you don't have to worry about all the combat bits yeah. and all that. So I awesome. literally
3: go in there, kill everyone, and then test the whole environment. Yeah, so, there like,
0: you I'm, go. Yes.
3: I'm great at our game because they all try <laughs> like that. So. <laughs>
0: and uh, that's one thing. Of course, we'll have a chance to talk about Christelle a bit more uh, later, but that's one thing that I liked. About the game, the, the demo that I tried out, um, which is uh, the the use of the jump mechanic, which you don't, mm-hmm. apart from Elden Ring, of course, which kind of reintroduced it alongside Sekiro, um, you don't really see it in a lot of the of the, of the uh, dark of the Souls games that way, as in you're actually doing platforming, exploration, and all of that. So that already looks a bit promising. You can do some interesting environmental puzzles and environmental design with it. Um, wow. So, yeah, but uh, I guess, Ali, you mentioned your favorite game. What about uh, you, too? Go
3: ahead, uh, I am very partial to The Witcher. Um, I love right. the lore. I love, you know, as a level designer, too, like, that game to me is gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, The Witcher, Wh- specifically The Witcher 3. So, right. All-time favorite.
2: Nice. And yeah, and for me, I feel like I say this answer all the time when I get this question, but the Ori games from Moon Studios, oh, yeah. they <laughs> really just encapsulate everything I love about gaming from, like, good combat and fantasy storytelling to, um, like, the eye-catching art style and the soundtrack mm. is fantastic. I definitely, like, cried after beating I remember,
0: people. I remember the first time I played an Ori game. Um, It was my old computer, but still, that main menu, when you hear the music, you're like, okay, this is going to be a ride. This is going to be a journey. I can't wait for it. Uh, And yeah, Ori2 delivered um, on that too. So yeah, that was definitely, you you mentioned some of my favorite games, like, um, totally. Bloodborne is definitely my favorite out of all the souls. Um, but because I like Gothic horror and Lovecraftian stuff and all of that, um, The Witcher Three has been my favourite for a long time. Um, although actually, in Crystal, I can see I don't know if this is di- direct or indirect, but in the that demo that I played, I recognised more of the style of The Witcher One, uh, as in terms of art, um, not necessarily, of course, the, uh, the the technical aspect, than than The Witcher Three. I think it felt it felt a lot darker. Um, felt a lot more, more closed up, and all that forestry and stuff, it's, it's something that I remember very fondly from the first The Witcher, uh, more than yeah. the others. So, I don't know if that's uh, if that's intentional,
3: not really. But, I mean, I, I feel like maybe subconsciously a little, yeah, right. who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we have a lot, you know, just having such a diverse group of people, too. I think that we take in a lot of different influences as mm-hmm. far as like the game. Just the game period so maybe that's where that's coming from
1: true we get a lot of questions like that where i'm like actually i don't know um.
3: <laughs> <laughs> somebody had a really
1: good idea i mean At some point it just
0: made it into the game so yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right
0: um but yeah so uh you, you mentioned action rpgs you mentioned even a platformer in your case sarah but um which games do you remember playing growing up? And do you think they had an influence on what you're doing now?
1: Uh, I, was, I had a Super Nintendo and I had a PlayStation 1. My PlayStation 1 only had one game on it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, this it was Gran Turismo. So the, right. my brother and I would just like race each other all the time until we got sick of it. Um, and then, uh, But I had a lot more games on my Super Nintendo. And I played uh, Diablo on the computer and Civilization. So, Civilization, uh, Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I would play that like obsessively because it, I had this really old, crappy computer with Civ One on it for years. So I just played Civ it 1. every day. <laughs> yeah, the original Civ game. Um, yeah, so that and but the game I played, games I played the most was probably were probably the Mario games uh, and uh, Street Fighter Two, and I played that even into adulthood. I hung I hung on to my Super Nintendo probably until a couple of years ago when I went missing during a move which kind of sucked. That was a bummer. Oh, no. It was the same one I had from when I was a kid. I still have all the Ow. games and the controllers, but the system's gone. Just a bummer. Um, I still have one. Yeah, well, that's good. I'll come bring you my games. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so I played the most probably Mario 3. I think Mario 3 is the best one. I know, like, mm-hmm. every shortcut, I beat that game a hundred times. <laughs> uh, and today, I, honestly, it's. I, I will say... Uh, that I've always had a taste for games that uh, challenge me. I want to, to do the same thing 20,000 times over and over again. Maybe related to just being a person who lives with ADHD. I enjoy repetitive things. So maybe that's why I don't mind dying to the same boss 80 times mm-hmm. like I did in Wolong Fallen Dynasty on the first boss. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I haven't played that one yet, but I've seen a oh my friend gosh. of mine live stream it. Yeah.
1: I, I've um, never had a, a, a game like that uh, challenge me quite as heavily as that one, I, in the beginning. Well, I After think... that, every other fight was not that hard, but that first fight... <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I hear that's, uh, that's a big roadblock for a lot of people, but also the first yeah. boss in El- in Elder Ring has been like that for a lot of people. Like, the first major boss, margin um, oh, yeah, I remember a lot right. of people got stuck there, but yeah. Um, no, but actually, this this reminds me of something that happened literally just yesterday um i went to an event here in london which is the lcc showcase from the london college of communication um Mm -hmm. and there was the game design course there and there was a game made by someone that was uh, designed to be trial and error and stupidly difficult like every single level was a different letter of the alphabet the final Mm -hmm. boss was supposed to be the Z or z depending on where you're from and, uh, and at some point he told me, but actually there are all the impossible levels and only one person, one human being that I know has ever been able to beat it. So, yeah, I just decided to stay there for about an hour and uh, until I actually beat <laughs> the entire thing. So, yeah, that was uh, 333 deaths later, but I managed.
1: <laughs> so, so you understand. Yeah, I, I, I really, do, I, I, do. I love exactly, that. Yeah. <laughs> I did that with the lost levels. I think that's actually what, it was like originally Mario 2 in Japan, and then there's we got some weird version here in the States. But um, it really was more difficult. And uh, I remember I there was one level I got stuck on. Uh, like It was like one of the uh, the boss levels, and I got stuck on that for, I think, weeks. And I would just try every day over and over and over again <laughs> until I finally got it, and then I couldn't even believe I'd gotten it. it. It was like it wasn't real after that. But yeah, so I guess I've always yeah. been this way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the the Souls game unlocked that one for me. But yeah, what, what about um, Sarah and Tiffany? What what do you remember playing growing up?
3: One of the things the Sega was like the Sega Genesis was like my childhood. Um, that's like the one thing that sticks out the most to me. And I remember playing Toe Jam and Earl. Oh over. yeah. Do you remember that game? It's yes. ridiculous. And I, I do love think. that
0: game. Let me look that. Up. Oh,
3: it's so please weird. Please do. It's, it's great, so though. weird. It's it's so good. It's it's so good. Yeah. Um. I'm surprised yeah. I remember it. Right. And the the music was weird. And like oh yeah, everything about didn't it was they weird? like burp and fart
1: and like weird? Oh yeah, they were right. super okay. gross. I remember yes. Toe Jam and Earl.
3: So, yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> yeah. They were like these like aliens that were just. That game. I, I I love that game. Um I, I probably would still play that game honestly. Um, that it, looks, and it looks
0: very silly, which, which I love.
3: It's wonderful. It's wonderful. You know, and like as a so very funny. young person, I don't even remember how old I was to be honest. It's a whole like,
0: franchise? I do oh, I see Toadrum in Earth 3.
3: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um it's wonderful. All uh, right, so, okay.
0: I'll check um, it out then. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That and um Echo. Where you, that game that you play as a dolphin. I oh, tried to okay. play that yeah, again yeah. as that. an adult and I can't even get past like the first <laughs> level. I was like, how was I good at this game? I <laughs> beat it as a kid. Beat it as a kid? I, I beat it as a kid? I put wow. a lot of hours into that game. Um, right, yeah.
1: But Sounds now like I'm we were like, the same kind of kid. Yes.
3: <laughs> Tenacious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I tried to play it and I was so frustrated. I was like, forget this. This is <laughs> not good for me right now, so... Yes, those two games really might try it. I bet, to I
0: bet Ali maybe will we, 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 we'll be able to beat it, but yeah.
1: <laughs> you should try it. I, I've heard it's really difficult. It's that game, yeah. hard. It's so hard. It'll be on my to-do list. Yes.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what about you, Sarah?
2: Um, yeah, so I also had the Super Nintendo, and I had an N64. On the SNES, the Donkey Kongs 1 through 3 were, like, my jam. And I guess I also had a penchant for punishment, because the Lion King game on Super <laughs> oh, Nintendo was, like, God. so hard. And I admit, I used the berry cheat a lot, because I would, do it right. I would So get you did get, like, get, get past level. the
0: level with all the animals, uh, <laughs> the to be king, yeah, All right. yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, that one, I c- I could... I could beat the first three pretty easily. Is the one where like lava dripped from the ceiling right. that was mm-hmm. really hard for me. Yeah, that <laughs> game is really hard. Um, and then on the N sixty four, Yoshi's story was my jam. I oh. I don't know. I just loved that game. Uh, of course, you know we had like the Mario's and everything, like you said, Allie. But mm-hmm. those those Donkey Kongs and yeah, Yoshi's story were probably my favorite like nostalgic growing up games. Well, Yoshi's
0: Yoshi's cute, one. but uh, yeah, I I can oh, yeah. tell that this group loves challenging games. That's uh, that's why you probably you're working on Onkustala right now.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> so well, I've I've got a bit of a more personal question for you all. Uh, when did you realize you wanted to work in games? Like, was there something like an aha moment for you when you suddenly realized that yeah, this is what I want to do, or did it just happen over time?
1: Uh, for me, at the time I mentioned before, I was working as a Oh, me. A software developer. Uh and I hated it. I was miserable. I really hated it. But I was a single mom and I needed something to pay the bills. And so I did that thing. I went and did the thing that kinda sucked, that made good money. And then <laughs> once I was doing that, I, I, I started I found myself getting a lot more into gaming again. I had like gone on kind of a hiatus for a few years and then I got back into it and I got a PS four because I was like anticipating The Last of Us Part Two ever happening and then so I was like, Well, I gotta I got to get something to play, so I got Bloodborne, and that's actually what introduced me to the Souls series. Um, And uh, after playing it for a while, and getting into a bunch of other games at the same time, I think it was like Fallout 4, and then um, The Last of Us, like I mentioned, uh, I I was like, you know, uh, I've always thought it was kind of unrealistic to get into, like I was told repeatedly, that uh, fields like in the arts or in gaming, for example, which is like a mix of art and tech, are kind of like uh, not viable, right? There's the whole starving mm-hmm. artist trope. So yeah. that's why I went for something that was painfully boring instead. And um, <laughs> at least for me, I don't say I don't think it's that way for everybody, but for me it was. Um, and so I, I just had a moment there where I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm in the position where I could probably handle. You know, going back to school. I tried to. Start, I tried to start teaching myself at first, and realized that if I didn't have something that was like pushing me to do it, that I was never going to have the energy to do it. But if if you know, there's like the risk of defaulting on a loan, then hey, I might as well finish school. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 pretty much playing Bloodborne, and then. Just getting to the point of where I, I couldn't like I was I, I would be miserable every day, like driving to work, I, I would want to cry, coming home from work, I wanted to cry, so it was it was really uh helpful to have something that was like the light at the end of the tunnel, like, oh, I only have to do this for this much longer, and then someday I can have a fun job, and so that's you know, I actually did it, I'm here now, so that's pretty sweet.
0: imagine <laughs> <laughs> that everything worked out in the end yes
1: <laughs> Yeah That was
3: perfect thankfully. timing too. Because that's where we met. Yeah, we met in school, so all right, all okay. worked out for a reason.
0: <laughs> I can see we have uh, a fifth guest on the show now. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> well, of course the Say listeners hi. won't be able to the Get listeners won't her, be able but... to see to see her. But yeah.
3: <laughs> Hopefully she stays quiet. <laughs> yeah. She was doing right. pretty good. I was I impressed. A... Good job yeah, Iris. She, she was eating. So yeah. <laughs> <know>. <okay. laughs>
0: Yeah, so um, what about you, Tiffany and Sarah? What um, what what made you realize that you wanted to do this?
3: Mine was my dad. So right. in a roundabout way. Um, I had always thought it would be really cool. Uh, level design was always kind of like, I was very intrigued by it, um, but never really thought about it as a career. Uh, kind of did the typical, you know, like, let me go to college right after high school. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I was actually a, like a pre-law when I went into college originally. Uh, yeah, because my aunt was like my hero and she still is, but she's a lawyer and I was just, oh, she's so cool. That's what I want to do. <laughs> it's not what I wanted to do, turns out. Um, it was so boring. Not for me. Uh, then I decided, oh, you know, I love animals. Um, let me get into, as she's talking to you two? You two her, too. So uh, I, I love animals. And so I was like, well, you know, I think I want to be a vet. And so I actually got a job. And I was a veterinary technician for, like, 15, 20 years. Um, right. Also not my thing. Uh, so <laughs> I just talking to my dad. And I was just like, I just don't know. I don't know what I really want, like, what would be really fun. And we started talking about it. And he was just like, well you know, what about, he actually recommended uh, graphic design and I was like, okay, I like being creative and he's like, you love being creative like that's, you know, that's your thing and so then I started down that, you know rabbit hole um, and landed on level design. So went to school for it um, and still love it. So, you know, um, guess I'm doing something right. So. <laughs> Found the thing. Yeah. yeah. Long story short. <laughs> um, here we are. So, <laughs> right. yeah. Uh... Um, and
2: and for me, oh, I'm sorry. Were you going to like expound? No, <laughs> no, I was going to hand it over <laughs> to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. For me, I'm actually interesting because um, I didn't really have aspirations to work in gaming until I met Ali at um, that software programming job she was talking about. I was marketing yeah. there. I've always wanted to be a marketer. I, you know, I went to school for that. But it wasn't until I met her and we became fast friends and you know she told me that she and tiffany were starting a studio and that they wanted to focus on marketing from the beginning so they said hey do you want to join us and i was like you know what yeah i do i do want to do that <laughs> um but it's interesting because like now that i've been doing this for five years i literally cannot imagine marketing in any other space like it's so much fun you can be like super loose and free with like the brand voice Um, And then also creative, like you were talking about, Tiff. So it's so fun. I'm so glad I'm here. I really, really can't imagine doing anything else.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, if I look at your um, Twitter profile, which is uh, AC... Let me just uh, find it again. ACS underscore games, for anyone listening. Um, You've got, like, nearly 7,000 followers. You're you're definitely doing a great job there. So you're definitely having fun and uh, getting results, which is great. So, uh, but yeah, actually, we have... Really interesting range of stories here. Um, someone who tried a lot of things before realizing what they wanted to do. Someone else who who tried uh, the job that would be better paid, and then uh, realized that they wanted to do something creative. And then, yeah, just uh, Sarah was having a lot of fun with with marketing. I mean, there's there, there's a lot of experiences here coming together to to create this uh, uh, the studio and this game and this and this idea, this vision that uh, th- that you guys have, which is. Uh, just really inspiring. And actually a lot of people do stumble upon certain creative careers just by chance, you know. I've heard True. yesterday someone saying that they became a producer just because they met someone who needed a music video producer. And then now they've been doing it for like 15 years. So it's <laughs> uh, it's it, these things happen and then usually those the things that happen by chance are the most interesting in these cases. But yeah, like now, moving on to actually what um, led to the foundation of your studio. What is the story behind Astro Clock Tower Studio? Because Tiffany, you mentioned that you met that you met Ali in school. Um, what? How did it come to be?
1: Um, you want me to take a Tiff? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, Tiffany and I were both working on a Bachelor's degrees in game programming which is kind of funny because she's a level designer and i'm a producer now neither of us are programmers but uh you know i actually when we first started the studio i was our lead programmer um and which made sense because i was a software programmer that's why i went for it even though i didn't even like programming but anyway (laughs) uh uh, tiffany and i were put together in a group project and she was actually the first other woman i'd met in the entire program so i was like oh my god hey we should be friends (laughs) and uh (laughs) Uh, well, and we worked really well together. So, you know, after the project was over, I wrote her on Discord and I was like, you know, I I want to make, I want to keep making games because I feel like I'm learning a lot more from that than, uh, you know, just the, the school, normal format for school. You know, it's just, the school can only teach you so much. You really learn the most from actually doing. So mm-hmm. initially we were like, you know, we sat down and we, we talked about what we wanted to do. Um, I had, I had actually, right before that, I had volunteered. My time working at this uh, indie studio—well, studio—I don't know if it even exists anymore. Um, where the guy, this guy, had managed to recruit something like 35 developers to all volunteer and work for him. That he split into these little teams to make like little games, and then um, he himself wasn't a dev and didn't really know a lot about development, so. Um, not a lot got done. And it was like, I remember thinking at the time, like, I could do so much better at this. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't believe he's wasting this resource. He has 35 devs and there's no games that are happening. So, um, you know, that was kind of what inspired me to like, maybe I should start my own thing. Um, mm-hmm. But so, you know, we met, we, we talked about, we sat down and we talked over what we might want to do together. Um, and originally she and I came to the conclusion that we would do like a small adventure cat game. Like we were trying to be reasonable because my, I came. We, we, we both presented ideas to each other of what kind of game we'd make together. And I'm like, let's make, you know, some Dark Dark Souls-like uh, Hellscape game. And um, I, I don't want to get too into it because I would like to make it someday. And... Um... <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, she, she said she wanted to make uh, this adventure game uh, for a cat that it was like a two D side scroller adventure for a cat who was who would gain his wings in the end because she was a big fan of the fairy tale anime franchise. Um, and so we were like, "Yeah, that makes a lot more sense to do. Let's do that." Um, and then we we started collecting volunteers and we got a couple of other developers. And that was originally like like I think like the first year we did. <sighs> I don't know. It started just morphing from that more into like my idea too. So like it was like, well, you know what? Actually we just went to school and learned all this stuff in three D, so doing two D would be a little weird. So let's go to three D. I don't I don't even know how we ended up making this transition, but essentially we ended up making the game that was like the the intersection between these two games. There was a for a while we held on to the wing thing and then eventually we dropped that. didn't make sense sense anymore didn't make sense (laughs) but yeah um, so you know we spent like a a good year or two figuring out exactly what we were going to be doing I mean uh, you know prototyping we made this like eventually we made this like silly little prototype in Unreal 4 with um, a cat that looked like a fox and like a bunch of like stand in rat enemies and in like a swampy place Um, and then we just kept kind of building on that, but, um, oh, and I forgot the part where we met Sarah. Um, (laughs) I touched on it a little already. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. So yeah, yeah. Sarah, Tiffany and I were like, cool, we're going to do this thing together. We started, you know, coming up with names and whatever. And then I met, I actually had, uh, I found a cat outside of a doctor's appointment and, um, I was talking about him at work and then Sarah poked her little head up. She's like, Oh, cat. You know, she wanted to. (laughs) talk about uh she, she was like i love cats and that's how actually how we ended up being friends which is so funny because
0: You're connected over cats
1: you know? yeah, now we're making this cat game together yeah. uh, like that's appropriate so appropriate, <laughs> so uh, appropriate. So, and then uh you know i knew sarah for maybe a day and i was like you should be our third partner because i like you, <laughs> <laughs> you
2: Real did like i don't do you ever like meet, especially as you get older you like meet somebody and you just like It's rare, that's what I meant by, especially as you get older, but it's rare that you meet somebody and you just immediately, I don't know, like my soul recognized yours or something. It was so (laughs) weird. Really instant Yeah, it was awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I'm glad you decided to say yes, because I know I was very forward.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, and... uh... But I guess I guess you had a lot of struggles setting up the studio and uh, all of that. But being being like an indie game development studio online, um, what is your biggest challenge at the moment?
1: What would mm. you say? Uh, okay, so the biggest challenge for us, I'd say, right now, and actually I think has been an overarching obstacle we've dealt with since the get go. Um, I would say it would be that. Uh, Finding support outside of ourselves, so uh we've been trying for a long time to get a publisher or investor to like back us or sign us and um you know going to them, showing them the game, getting feedback from them, making every fix imaginable, going back again, uh- t- catering everything we've done to our from our marketing to everything else to try to get one of them to just finally decide to bite, and none of them have ever bit <laughs> no not once. Um, and, uh, I'm actually quite, it's been a relief, because we gave up, we kind of gave up on it, um, and decided that we would focus more on gamers, and hoping that they would eventually, uh, or, you know, they would help us get the game to fruition, but, um, I would say that has been our toughest obstacle. Uh, I Mm. think it's a a number of factors, um, one being that this is our, even though we have a lot of experienced devs on our team that have published titles under their belts, this is our first title together. And so, uh, despite the fact that we have, like, a full vertical slice that shows that we, we can develop what we're saying we can develop, uh, I think that it, it, it immediately holds us back. Um, and then, uh, and also the fact that we went for a bigger game to start with. Like, I guess we probably could have made that little cat game first, and then done Cristalla. And that might have been smart. We probably should have done that, But, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I couldn't resist. I wanted to make a cool. I wanted to make something uh, that I was, you know, that I thought was really cool. And it just kind of, it kind of just happened on its own. I don't remember us actively saying like, oh, this is the. We're gonna take this path instead. We're gonna actually make things very difficult for ourselves, and we're gonna go this way.
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody does that as a conscious <laughs> yeah, choice, but <laughs> yeah, it just kind of yeah, happened. It's 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 an it's an interesting point that you make. The fact that, and I like what you said about. The moment we decided that we were just going to give up on trying to find funding, actually we felt a bit relief, because now it's just you trying to carve out your own path without having to worry about, well, you have to worry about funding at some point. Um, Yeah, funding is unfortunately
1: a constant problem, but yes! Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And
0: I assume you will do Kickstarter and all that. I know that you have a Kickstarter page ready to go and uh, to be launched at, at, at any point um so yeah but at least you have that kind of mindset where okay we're just on our own and we're gonna make it and uh, we're gonna work it out and i think that i think that's really powerful yeah
1: yeah it honestly has been quite freeing even though it's still stressful in its own way uh it's extremely stressful I'm not gonna lie
2: but <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it frees us up too to like focus solely on the dev like sure yeah we're focused on like the kickstarter and building our patreon community and 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 enriching our discord community and all those things but like we're not focused on continuously updating pitch decks for example or Mm -hmm. always trying to find events where we're pitching like i mean we still do outreach don't get us wrong but like yeah it's just nice to be like okay we are
1: focusing on getting done even quicker <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Plus, <laughs> the the all game. the time
1: we wasted on being like being told it was one thing or another fixing that thing going back to them and being told oh actually now i'm making up some other thing because i can't tell you the real reason i don't like you mm-hmm. and that's that's, that's what really I, yeah. what it comes down to so they just wasted a lot of our time and resources yeah. yeah it was pretty frustrating like I, if i were on to on tell a, a newer studio today like you know how they might want to go about going for funding. I would probably tell them to do what we're doing now much sooner and um, first. Just, just try to get gamers to back you first because they're, they're, they're honestly more reliable. <laughs> and then you, you can, you know, you're you catering your game to what people want to buy anyway, not what publishers are telling you they think someone might want to buy or mm-hmm. they're just lying to you to get, make you go away. Mm-hmm. It's just usually the cho- usually what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: No. It, very very important points there, and uh, I think I think a lot of people are going to find this kind of advice useful because you know the, there's that tendency to they, we want to grow, we want to maybe be this big, uh, or <sighs> at least even mid mid-sized studio that gets funding from a big publisher and such so we Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about marketing and all of that which a lot of indie developers find very challenging to be fair but as sarah said it can be fun as well um but yeah it's it's having that um knowledge that gamers are what you're aiming for and uh not necessarily uh pleasing any big publisher here or there but yeah um so yeah but actually that leads me to another question how how did you grow? I mean, you you started pretty small, of course, it was just the three of you at some point, and uh, then you started expanding. How did you get to the size where you are now? And has that brought any challenges? Because I feel like a lot of indie game developers or studios would like to get to a bigger size to just develop bigger games. But is that really as easy as it sounds? Because I feel like it isn't.
1: No, it's not. Um... <laughs> Uh, okay, so we've always had a relatively larger team, just because we got—I don't know—we just got kind of lucky when I first started uh, looking for people to work with us. Uh, I kept just stumbling across people who happened to be cool and had a skill. So, like, like the, our first, our first uh, volunteer on the on the team was uh, well, one was Tiffany's good friend Kristen, who was a writer, and then um, and the other was—he um, still works with us. His name is Cass, and he's a 3D modeler. And I found him because I commented on some post on Facebook uh, uh, that seemed like it was like uh, it was like a, it was like a, um, trying to find the word. It was like a scam post about uh, you can be a game tester today. Go to game tester school. <sighs> And I was like, don't go to game. Don't pay these people. That's basically what I commented. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't game do this. Game tester
0: school. No one goes
1: to, da- to game tester school. <laughs> and then Cass wrote me. And he was like, yeah, you know, agreed, basically. And that's <laughs> I how I knew that yeah and that's how that's how I love uh that story. That's, yeah that's how i met cast because i was like wait you're a 3d modeler i could totally use you if you want to uh, make a game with me i've got a couple of friends so uh, i could yeah. totally use you <laughs> yeah. use your skills yep use your skills <laughs> <laughs> yes uh but yeah he uh so he was he was our first volunteer and then he introduced mm-hmm. us to our uh, second volunteer, who's also still working with us. and Her name's Bianca, and she's also a 3D modeler. But now, mm-hmm. uh, she actually works more heavily in the marketing department, because it just turned out she's really good at that. So, yeah. that's kind of what happened. Yeah. But, yeah, we have a couple of people that have been with us since the very beginning. But, um, what the natural course of things, when you go at first with a volunteer team, is a lot of um, change and turnover. Because you can't expect a lot from somebody you're not paying, right? So, mm-hmm. we we started out with this whole idea that like, you know, we're students, we're trying to learn, and this is the best way to learn. And you should, you know, if you want to come learn with us, that would be awesome. And so we got a lot of really good developers that way. Um We did eventually get some funding a couple of years in, and that's where things uh changed. And so we started instead of, you know, finding volunteers all the time, we were able to start seeking out a bit more experienced developers mm-hmm. and expanding a bit. So that's when we went from you know, having like a team of 20 volunteers to go getting to about the size that we are now. Um, And, uh, you know what, I will say, finding the developers for us, if we were a localized team in one place, that would be hard. But we do not even, we have no restrictions on where we can hire from. And really, the only restriction is, can you speak understandable English? And that... You know, and it, it, we've even had people who really can't, but they use a translator and they get by well enough that it's okay. So, like, <laughs> we, so uh, with that in mind, I never have any trouble finding new developers, to be honest with you. Because um, I, I can look anywhere, uh, which is great. I think that's the, the the way of the future in terms of the way that uh, I mean, uh, tech... I mean, I forward. wouldn't say your
0: studio is crowdsourced, <laughs> okay. but it does kind of make me think of that word, because it feels like it's a... It's, it had so many volunteers. Like a turnaround of volunteers, just wanted to work with you guys and work on your game. And uh, it's probably also a very multicultural and an inclusive team as well. So, oh yeah, how how are you finding that? Um, as in, how do do you think that's because I do believe that diversity in terms of of um, creativity and all that can can really boost creativity by bringing maybe a fresh perspective into the mix and all of that. So. How are you finding that experience? Do would you say that it, it is important to us such a um, motivated and multicultural team?
1: Hell yeah, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do it any other way. I love it. I have friends all over the planet. I'm like, I go somewhere and I usually have someone within a couple hours I can like hang out with, which is awesome. Um, but not just that, it's brought so much. Um, Uh, Unique insight into into the game. I think it's part of why Crystala is so cool because we get these ideas that we never would have gotten from somebody based on their cultural background or some sort of thing that they know that we would never know. Um, You know, uh, you know, what what was the point of that? I I lost my train of thought there in the middle. But um, (laughs) (laughs) oh, another good, another really good part about it is that. uh, one of the biggest expenses that a studio has to deal with when it comes to marketing is that uh, you can choose not to do this, but it's, it's still, you should do some of it and it's going to conventions, right? And the conventions are worldwide. They're everywhere. Uh, um, as you know, as a smaller indie team uh, with a smaller budget, it can be really hard to go to more than just a couple of them because they're so expensive. And, and what's expense the most expensive part is the travel and the right. Uh, accommodations, right? But if you have somebody who's somewhat local um, you, you're cutting a big chunk of that out, so that's another good thing that, to oh, have yeah, to having, uh, people all over the world.
0: Really interesting, yeah. Okay, well I will come back to this topic uh, near uh, towards the end, because I have another question that I'd like to ask you, but let's do, let, let's break it up a little bit with a bit of a fun question. Okay. About Crystalla, actually. I'd like to talk about the game now, and uh, I mean, I see you have glasses with the uh, cat ears. So you've got <laughs> well, headphones I didn't even realize I was doing
1: double cat ears. Yeah. Today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and, and I see that you have a cat too, and so <laughs> I suppose you all love cats. You're all cat people. Uh, where does the inspiration for Crystalla come from?
1: What's actually kind of funny about that is that the cat idea came from tiffany and she's our resident dog person actually she loves Hi. Dogs. Really? i do have a cat she I has a cat, a cat she's got a lot of more dogs than cats
3: yeah my <laughs> husband is the cat person and he's the reason that we have the cat so i'm i have two dogs so and then oh, the well, that's cat. cool i didn't know that either I didn't know uh, yeah 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 andrew is the cat person so. right, okay yeah <laughs>
1: so yeah i know it's, ex- it's pretty funny that it ended up that way because yeah uh in the beginning when we talked about it, i didn't even realize that you weren't a cat person because you or you know because you brought up the cat game and i was like ooh, i do like cats you know i've got got a lot of cats and, um
3: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean like think about it though like a cat you play as a cat and then think about playing as a dog like I'd rather play as a cat. They're more agile, just they move better, they're cooler looking, they just they have sassy personalities
1: usually like. And for
0: an action RPG, I willing. feel like it's better, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. that's what you
1: need. Plus, I'm dog like, companion. Dogs yeah. are really good as companions. Yes. I've noticed in games. Like yeah. for instance, Dogmeat in Fallout 4, he's my favorite dog companion. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, cats just make better player characters. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah.
1: Not I, I. appreciate your ability to see past and. Uh, I can admit idea. it, you know.
3: Like, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate cats. I'm no, just. You know. I heard about this game
1: not too long. It was like a couple of years ago, and it was about the main character was a um a corgi and he, he huh. a corgi with a machine gun and he just like was like mm, it was a really intense good. shooter. A I have a to, gun. I need to. I need to find that game because <laughs> there's, there's a
0: really cool game that I'm looking forward to, which is Squirrel with a Gun. <laughs> Yes. See
1: that. Yeah. Oh man, they've been getting uh, a lot of attention for that one squirrel with a gun. We actually
2: yeah. reached out to them at one point because one of uh, a struggle we had initially was like, how do we put fur on our characters? Wow. And that squirrel mm-hmm. has gorgeous right. fur, so I was yeah. like, what? that's true. Yeah. You know, that's right. how are you doing this? <laughs> so, you know, really we shared Chris. some. Stuff. Yeah, i right, yeah. with a gun. That's okay.
0: um, I, I think it's one person because the the social media account does feel very personal in terms of tone of voice so yeah i think i feel mm. like i feel like there's just one person winging it with with that squirrel with a gun so yeah
1: um, yeah they found a good a good little niche there that are yeah, yeah. like that's so hilarious yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, honestly i'm a lot more with that i think i think i think it is going to be hilarious <laughs> yeah. yeah totally um, oh absolutely kind of like the goat simulator game oh my god
0: all right yeah all those silly games over there yeah yeah
1: totally but yeah, with with I'm Crystalla, a big fan of Bosa we... studios, so yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, no, 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 I didn't <laughs> You should edit to that, that out. Off, I'm yeah. embarrassed now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Blue power. Oh, I was going to say something about Crystalla there, and I totally got messed up. Something about the cats. Oh, right. So outside of that, the inspiration was essentially that, uh, like, you know, we started with the cat thing, and then we huh. ended up uh, kind of morphing into deciding it would be more of like an action RPG kind of game. Um, mm-hmm. and, because we, we really wanted to go with the 3D thing, which I mentioned before. Um, mm-hmm. But nowadays, yeah. we, it, when we got more people on the team and we kind of got some more insight, for our, for our early builds of it, Crisola was just Cat Souls. I mean, honestly, to be blunt. It was pretty much Cat Souls. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, because you know, we were just making what we knew. Like, what is the what is the, you know, the formula? I understand best in video games. It's that one. So we started there. And then um, we started expanding once we got a, a, a you know more people on the team, a bit more input. Like she used to not jump, which is pretty silly if you think about it. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, being a cat, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: it's funny that because we, we were like, oh, that's going to be hard, you know. <laughs> this is pretty much where that came from. But <laughs> uh, so now, now she jumps and she traverses. We have a whole traversal system, and so it's more like it kind of leans it uh, more into. Um, being like a cross between Sekiro and Assassin's Creed versus like just being cat souls. Which I think makes a lot more sense with like an agile feline player. It gives us Mm -hmm. so much room for her to just move like a ninja, which is really fun and I love it.
0: (laughs) I think the combat system works and what I enjoyed from the demo was the exploration and how you can actually approach an area vertically as well. You can just jump on the ceilings and just uh, on on roofs, the rooftops and just jump between those and just traverse... And uh, and attack people and attack enemies, which are rats, from what I can what I can gather, or or mice, uh, some to of me, them, which yeah. is something that yeah. <laughs> some of them are, yeah, some of them are. Um, but yeah, but uh, now I've asked you, I've asked you before when you realized you wanted to be game developer or when you wanted to to, to work in games. Why are you working in games right now? What is it that drives you forward? What is it that you love about what you're doing? With
1: me. Tiffany, you go first
3: i'm always <laughs> <laughs> for me it's the creativity um it's the be like the ability to make up something that's just so ridiculously unbelievable and then mm. creating it and being like yep there it is this is real now so um that's like my main thing is i look forward to getting up in the morning and doing this because it's not a job anymore it's like this is our passion and we get to do it every day. So mm. for me, the creativity um, and you know working with the group that we have is a really big part of that. <laughs> Apparently, she agrees. She agrees. agrees yeah. <laughs> she like, agrees. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of fun. So, would
0: you say you're making the Unreal real and using Unreal Engine? Oh my God, that was so, such a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> <go on. laughs> I love it. <laughs>
3: Uh, the unreal
1: real the unreal real oh, i love that i'm uh,
3: gonna steal quite that good. now
0: all right yeah oh, d- 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 don't credit me for it just, just it, yeah.
1: <laughs> don't tell anyone you. that was my joke thanks yeah. uh yeah I, I you know that's kind of hard for me to answer sometimes because uh i personally I, I feel the same way as tiffany i love i got into it because this is my passion and now and you know now i have a job that is a uh, a lot more fun. But I will say that since going from being like, I I miss the days when I used to be our animator. And um, I've been a lot of different things. But for a while, I was our animator. And I think that was the funnest point because I used to just spend all day like obsessing over micro movements of the character and stuff Mm -hmm. and um you know now i have to just you know it's 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 this it's this constant shift of different things all the time like oh i gotta do i'm I'm jumping around constantly it's it's a little more intense and stressful it used to be way more like way like i understand why developers enjoy not being the boss um (laughs) (laughs) i I don't hate it I, i i love what i do and i wouldn't do anything else and i can't even imagine myself not doing this now it'd be really weird but uh i definitely do kind of miss those days where i was just a dev <laughs> and, <laughs> and focusing on like bit, yeah. you know one or two things cuz exactly the creativity is really really fun um but I'd say my favorite part about what I do now is just the fact that I always know what's going on in every department. Like, I'm like the the, the go-between for everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, it, it's made it so that I know a lot about a lot of different things, um, or at least a little about most things. So, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and in, in a way that I wouldn't if I wasn't the one who was just bossing everyone around and figuring out how to make everything work together. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I would have to agree with that, too. Um, As I've said multiple times, I'm not a developer, so, like, I can't program, I can't. You know, create animations, but what I can do is add to the narrative design of Crystalla. And so, as, a, as an avid reader and yeah, always gravitating towards like fantasy stories in general, when I pick something up to read, it's really cool <laughs> to like take that love and apply it to like something that we're creating together. So, like, yeah, it's just that dreaming up of new worlds, of new creatures, of things that don't physically exist in our world. Um, I,
1: that's True. priceless to me. It's so much fun. That's actually definitely still part. My, one of my favorite parts of the job is like going to the artists and being like, "Can you make me a lizard man? Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> <The lizard> man. <laughs> hey, that lizard man is really cool too. He is. <laughs> <laughs> He's really cool. <laughs> so
0: that lizard man actually became reality. That's oh most, yeah. Most good. <laughs>
1: Like okay. every weird like almost every weird idea we've had has become something. It's yeah, great. That's, <laughs> yeah, right. that's my definitely my favorite part. That and just the, <laughs> the, the the time I've spent basically making up the story with Sarah uh-huh. and, and Tiffany. we most of the story was we we've had writers work with us and we don't we don't currently have a narrative designer, but we, we will need one again soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of the story is just us we used to have these meetings every week and come up with the world and we came up with a language together. Like that that was super fun.
0: <laughs> i see a dog in the background in the meantime yeah. <laughs> oh ooh, so
1: fancy ellie yeah she, she
3: stopped like yes she's like yes, yes. Food? <laughs> that's my name <laughs> that's
0: my
1: name
0: right um so i did i did mention that i wanted to go back to that topic at some point and i think and i think i want to ask this question now you don't you don't have to answer because i know it can be an uncomfortable one to to deal with but <laughs> I know that, unfortunately, the video games industry has a few problems, and one of them is toxic masculinity. Being three co-founders or directors of a studio and being three female co-founder directors, has that ever impacted uh, someone's perception of the studio? Um, Have you ever seen someone just maybe look down on you because you're women and uh, maybe... Uh, that that has led to some preconceptions, or of course, all unfounded. But yeah, I'd like to I'd like to hear this from you.
1: Uh, I was kind of holding back on this before when I was talking about uh, publishers. And oh, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 <laughs> I... You because... know what?
0: I, I kind of I got there, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: because, gonna... uh, I, you know, I don't want to... I, I can't necessarily say that 100% this is the reasoning mm-hmm. because they don't say it. You know, they can't say it. I mean, if they said it, that would be pretty bad for them. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I have a feeling, personally, that it's it's been a big factor in mm-hmm. some of the some of us like i feel like with the cristal is a pretty cool looking game i've seen games half as developed get deals and yet we still can't so it's like well is it is it is it us is it you know i i like to point to uh the 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 fact that it's our first game together but i also think it's also that (laughs) um and we've seen you know we've seen some things in the industry uh like you know um i don't know if i should even say any of this i should probably keep Myself. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we've definitely experienced some stuff.
2: <laughs> and we've had to think about things in a specific way. Like, for example, when we were getting a lot of no from publishers, we started wondering, should we send one of our male teammates to pitch for us? Oh, yeah. that's or, horrible. Yeah, yeah. Or in our marketing, we've had to be like, should we say loud and proud that we're a women owned studio? And obviously, we have we decided, yes, we should, because. F that, I'm gonna swear it. on this podcast. But like <laughs> yeah. yeah, like but it's it's just interesting the way that we have to like really carefully think about certain things that maybe a male counterpart wouldn't, you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. Hi. This is my own yeah.
1: luckily, <laughs> luckily though,
2: we haven't we haven't had a bunch of like just people out in the like internet verse mm-hmm. um give us a
0: too much shit for it the too much shit is, is the, the too much part is, uh, yeah, is interesting yeah, but yeah okay.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Gamers don't seem to be upset about it in the same way. No, that's really yeah. good. No. Okay. But Though you they're know, like, we don't. You never basically. know, though. I saw an article the other day where people were a bunch of gamers were mad about some really stupid thing that had to do with a woman being involved mm. in something. Mm. Uh, I don't yeah, remember wow. what it was, but I don't remember what it was I now. But they, or maybe they were mad about a female protagonist again. I don't know. But, again, you know, yeah, sure. exactly. I guess it's the key word there. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know, so it happens all the time. But <laughs> I mean, I, I, it seems in general, though, I would say most of the gamers that we ever interact with, they're not. They don't care about that. <laughs> no. In uh, fact, they're you, like you oh, good to, different perspective. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I managed. I, I suppose you managed to build a very supportive and inclusive community and mm. uh, around you, which is really great. And uh, yeah. I always say that people kind of build the community that they deserve. Um, but yeah, so well, let's 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 close it on a, more of a fun note. Um, <laughs> imagine writing a letter to yourselves, but ten years younger. What would you say?
1: How old am I now? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was like... Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright, yeah, that... Well, okay, so that was right at the beginning of my, like, uh... Not the beginning, I was just in my software career. I'd say, don't flounder in this quite as long! This is boring, and you know it is! Stop lying to yourself! <laughs> <laughs> Go do something fun with your time! Uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I would say. <laughs>
2: I think I would tell myself to like always say yes, maybe not always, but say yes to like awesome and new opportunities, even if you're scared. Because that's what I did with this studio, because I was like, I'm not the most knowledgeable gamer, and like I don't mm. know, should I be an owner of this game studio? I didn't know <laughs> anything about game development, so I think that's what I would tell myself, though, because... It was really exhilarating to say yes, even though I kind of was like, "I don't know, sh- like, should I?"
0: Oh, don't <laughs> worry, about- sir. I've been I've been writing for about f- five years, maybe more now, and I still don't know what I'm doing. So th- that <laughs> never goes away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
3: we're doing a good
2: job at faking it, then.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. And, Tiffany,
0: what's your letter to your younger self?
3: I I saw this question on the on the doc, uh-huh. and I was thinking about it all morning. And I kind of, part of me wants to be like, it's okay, take that jump, you know? Like, don't, don't, don't be so afraid, you know? But then the other part of me is kind of like, don't say anything to my former self. Because I, I think that everything that we've gone through up until this point has happened for a reason. Like, I'm a big believer in like, you know, karma and, you know, life advice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I don't think that... Okay, apparently she agrees. Uh, (laughs) I think that like if there were things that I would warn myself against, um, I might not have learned from that situation and like done things differently in the future. So that was kind of a hard question for me because I'm like, yeah, part of me is just like, it's okay, keep going. Like just you're going to have a great time. So but the other part is like, you know what? It's fine to make mistakes and it's fine to maybe, you know, do whatever – the wrong way or whatever well a mistake and uh as long as you're (laughs) you know same thing (laughs) as long as you're learning from that for me I've always said this and it's really cheesy Mm -hmm. but I'm gonna say it it's not a mistake if you learn from it it's just life um that makes sense yeah and so I'm just like I kind of always think about that when I'm like thinking about things um but like no I learned and I'm not gonna do that again or I'm gonna do it differently so not necessarily a mistake, like probably could have done it better, uh, but at least I like it was a learning experience and it made me stronger, a better person because of it. So she's done. That's, I think
0: that's, that's really powerful and compelling and I love it. And uh, it's uh, funny enough, one of the design principles behind uh, Outer Wilds is that failure is mm-hmm. not failure, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a chance to learn, it's just new information. Uh, yeah. And that's why I love that game very much. And it's one of my such favorite a good ones game. ever. Yeah. Such a good game. It's- oh, that was, that was my window. My okay, favorite. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but also, I do feel a bit sorry for your younger self, Tiffany, because she's going to receive a letter that's pretty much empty because you don't want to see it. Just yeah. empty? I'm going
1: to be like,
3: mm, so typical of me. That's just so me. Cool. Thanks so. for the advice. On brand. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot for nothing.
0: <laughs> right. And uh, just to really wrap it up, a, a very fun question. I really like asking this one to every guest. If you had unlimited budget and time, what game would you create?
3: All of them?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> all More been... cats,
0: I guess. More
3: <laughs>
2: cats. I was gonna say Crystala. Yeah, I, yeah, I would just make the
1: ultimate budget version of yeah. Crystala. We we actually we when we've started planning out all this stuff we we did it we did multiple scopes and ber- versions based on different budgets so that we could you know tailor our pitches accordingly right so there's a version that you know is uh, the big money version where we can we get to do full multiplayer and there's all these you know the world is bigger and everything you know there's a living a living world where you can you leave an area and come back to it and different stuff happens and yeah i would make that game that's my dream game it'd be really cool Maybe someday we'll get to make that version of Crystal in a sequel or something. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say. I was gonna say we have enough story content for like a sequel and even a prequel. Like we've yeah, yeah. we've planned it out. Perfect. Yeah. Story wise. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: uh, I, I get, and I say this every single time. I get two answers to this question. One is. I would just be doing what I'm doing but bigger and the other mm-hmm. is I would do a M- an MMORPG.
1: <laughs> I have no
0: idea why but it's, <laughs> it's just those two uh, but funny. I think but I think once you say um, I think when when someone says I would just be doing what I'm doing now but bigger it, it shows that that is on the right track and they're yeah. uh, they kind of know what they're doing um, so yeah. Right, so I think it, it's been a very, very fun hour with you three. It's, uh, it's been an amazing little chat and conversation. Just some parting words from you. Where can other people find you? And if they do, how can they support you right now?
2: Um, so you had mentioned our Twitter earlier, at ACS underscore games. It's essentially that across all socials, except our TikTok is at Um You can Ooh, also find us at choice. Astral... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I forget why we went with that there. Yeah. But anyway, the TikTok's doing really well, too. You guys, everyone should check it out. Right, um, yeah. uh, you can also find us, of course, at astralclocktowerstudios.com. Um, I mentioned earlier, we have a very rich and diverse Discord community um, and a growing Patreon community. And then we had also mentioned that we have a Kickstarter campaign that is coming up in July. And... Um, if you love action RPG games or games like Sekiro or Assassin's Creed, if you love cats, if you love metal, um please go to our page and follow the campaign ahead of launch. Um, we would love to have you and we promise there's some really cool rewards planned.
0: Well you can tell that Sarah's the marketing gal here because most people just say <laughs> Oh that's why
3: I oh, came with yeah. shut. Thank you, I myself, so I was like, Sarah's got this.
0: Yeah, yeah most people just say, oh yeah, follow my Twitter, wishes my game,
3: please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole barrage of links. I will put all Oh yeah, wishlist to sell on
1: Steam. <laughs> um,
0: I will put all of these in the description of the episode, of course, for the listeners. But yeah, thank you so much to the three of you and to Astro Club's and Tower Studios for doing such an amazing little game (laughs) there. Uh, I'm sure it's going to turn out great. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.
3: Thank you, you for having us. It was
0: fun. And that's a wrap on yet another episode of the Indie Diaries podcast. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Astro Clock Tower Studios all three of you, Ali, Sarah, and Tiffany, for being such amazing guests for the show. Uh, it's been it's been my honor and pleasure to to host you here, and I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. So, if you guys enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the show, there's a lot more coming soon. Maybe follow the show on Twitter at The Indie Diarist, and if you want to join the uh, Discord server for The Indie Diarist, which is slowly but surely growing, you can find an invite link to the Discord server on TheIndieDiarist.com. Lastly, if you are an indie game developer yourself, please get in touch. I will find a spot for you, I promise. There's a lot going on uh, with the show right now, but I'm always up for featuring new developers with interesting stories to tell, just like Ali, Sarah, and Tiffany here. So, remember to support Astro Clock Tower Studios by going straight to their Kickstarter campaign or wishlisting their game on Steam, and uh, I guess I will speak to you in the next episode of the Indie Diarist.